Hello. <clears throat> Hello. What's up? Uh, what the fuck is up? What's doing? What? What am, I, what am I doing anymore? I don't know. It's all a blur. I did two videos today. That's it. How many TikToks did you do? It's all a blur. It's all a blur. It's quite cynical. I mean, it's a great blur. It doesn't it's sound like fash. it. There's good blurs and there's bad blurs, don't you think? Bad blurs are the ones that are most of Russell Brand's life. Bad blurs are just myths involved. <laughs> okay. Man. Okay. So you so you you've got a lot on your plate. You're somewhat overworked, but that's a good thing because it's all very productive. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah it's all extremely productive. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, I've got like a, I've got a, a, a big career destroying film coming out on Monday. What? And that's been not for me, for someone else. Oh, you're you're uh, you're roasting someone again. Oh yeah. Ooh. Okay. And this Looking time, it's it. slightly more deserving than Joe Hildebrand, even though that's pretty fucking S class. Okay, I don't want you to tell me who it is, but what, uh, what uh, area are they in? Are they a media figure or are they a politician? No, they are. Are they YouTuber? The most damaging people to society, think tanks. Oh. Think tanks are. So it's not a person. Cool. No. It's a person in a think tank. Oh, okay. It's a specific it policy analysis in the think tank. Oh, okay. Looking forward to but it. But that is, man, like, the, like uncovering yeah. the underworld that is think tanks, it's scary stuff. You know how we're always just talking about the fact that, you know, everybody kind of just goes through life just parroting what has been programmed into their mind? Mm-hmm. They're the people that teach people to say hello. They're the one just with the cracker going, come on, say it. So they're the seeds of culture, are they? They are the seeds of culture. Oh, yeah. Like any anything in the US, you can trace back the same talking points that people have of, you know, like, I don't know, even things like um, accept someone's truth or... If you like Bernie Sanders, why don't you move to Venezuela? Like those real classic trope points that you hear over and over. Mm. They come from think tanks. They're smart people and they figure out how to manipulate culture to suit their agendas. It's If you can't beat them, join them. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing. You, you th- th- look. There's, it's, it's like anything, right? Like it's the same thing. Everyone's always just like, you know, money's evil. No, not necessarily. It just depends what you're investing the money in, what you're spending the money on. What the are you love of money is it? evil. Yeah, it's the love of money that's evil. That's the one because it's just like if, if that's your only motivation in life, you're a bad person. I don't think anyone. Do, do people say money itself is evil? Well, that's the whole mistranslation because people started saying money is the root of all evil, but the, what the Bible was saying was the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. That, yeah, I can agree with I don't know if it's the root of all evil, but it's definitely an evil. I don't evil. know, man. I, don't, I really find it very hard to think of anything that is pure evil. I mean, even when you think of things of like, maybe even things like mass murderers in the past. Uh, okay, okay, maybe like sociopaths, but that's just insanity, right? And I suppose that you could argue that that's evil or something like that. But most most people that like 
I mean, take Pol Pot, for instance, right? Well, you can always tell someone's story in a way that makes them not seem evil and makes them seem like the protagonist, even. That's true, but like... The story Hitler told was not, I'm an evil man that's trying to kill everyone. No, but and the thing is, when Hitler was there, there was benefits to him being there. He made Germany the powerhouse that it is today. You can, you can relate a lot of that back to him instilling it into, and like industrializing Germany to the point that it like kind of became the centerpiece of the EU. Um, you know, like when you go to Pol Pot, it's the same thing. It wasn't, it wasn't like he was actively trying to kill 2 million people. Yeah, he was brutal, but you know, all the previous rulers in, uh, uh, Cambodia were just as brutal. It was just common practice. Those were like the ways that you punished your dissidents in that country and, and culture, right? But like, you know, his intentions, even if they even if they failed or whatever, his intentions were to try and like turn Cambodia into something which in his mind he thought was good. But if you're just following money and that's it, what is your intention at the end of the day? It's more fucking money. So you're not going to create anything good Really, like anything that you create of good is just going to be like a, it's not going to be intentional. That's the thing, right? Like with all, every other one of these people that like people perceive as evil, they're trying, like they're, be they're trying to, huh? If you have to, uh, in order to obtain the money, you have to create a very, um, an, something that's of very high quality. So people want to buy it, for example. But that's the thing. If you want to, if you just want to make money, you figure out ways to cheap out of that very quickly. Like it's like the founder of McDonald's, sure. right? Like the, okay, the guys yeah. that created McDonald's, they wanted to make like an efficient burger that you could get really quickly that was of high quality. That's what that's what they were like going for, right? And then yeah, he was just yeah. like, oh yeah, you can just replace the 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 thick shakes with like this lactose powder instead of milk. And you can get like these shitty bread rolls from here instead of just like roasting them every day in in the store. And you like slowly downgraded the quality of McDonald's because it just makes it more profitable. So does quality always wane when um, profit ensues? When profit is the main well, motivator? What are you going to do, right? Like, if you, like what are the ways that you like increase well, profit? There's, there's uh, ways to uh, just sell uh, high quality goods at a much higher price. I don't think there is. Like, look, you are not going to... Even if you're like a custom Italian furniture maker, right? Yeah. I don't think you're going to make as much money as Fantastic Furniture. Fantastic Furniture has, I don't know, maybe 100 outlets in Australia. Uh, uh, well, I don't, is your goal to make as much money as Fantastic Furniture or is it to make as much money through the, the sale of your particular product? Huh? I mean, are, you, are they trying to? Is the custom Italian uh, furniture maker actually trying to compete with the corporate brands? No, but that's the thing, right? Because he is just interested in making. I just want to make a good couch, yes. But like, yeah. Fantastic Furniture doesn't give a fuck about that. Fantastic Furniture just gives a fuck about moving profits so they can increase uh, moving products so they can increase product. But they still profit. have a variety. They 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 have like a range of quality in their products as well. The the highest end product would cost. I don't know. 10 grand, whereas the lowest end mattress might be $500 or something like that. I don't think they have, like, no, I don't think they have high-end stuff. They don't have high-end stuff, but they've definitely, I mean, I've been shopping in these places. They have products that they that Within they that market. Range. They market as, hey, this is the best quality. It's just the most expensive. But, okay, even when I go to Fantastic Furniture, I go to Nick Scarly Furniture. Uh-huh. The, the, the couches that you're sitting on in Fantastic Furniture are obviously crap. 
Like, even the high-end ones there are nowhere near as good as the high-end ones at Nick Scarly Furniture. Okay, I mean, I can't talk about the quality of couches. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. But then, isn't Nick, <laughs> Nick Scarly also, they're still trying to make money? Yeah, but they're, like, aiming at a different market, right? Um, and the thing is, like, I'm not necessarily saying, well, I think that there comes a point when a corporation just gets so big and all it cares about is its bottom line um, because it's just got so many investors and there's just CEOs that just want, like, to maximise their bonuses at the end of the year and there's pressure anyway on the CEO because if he doesn't perform, he's going to get fired and he's going to get replaced with a CEO that will perform. So really, yeah. the, the entire culture is around maximising profit. Isn't but that- not necessarily every business on earth is like that. But, like, when you get to a certain level, it, it becomes its own machine. But isn't the argument against that in order to maximise the product, you have to uh, provide a quality service or product in itself but yeah you, to you're a not point, gonna make money if you're selling really crappy things but mcdonald like is mcdonald's good no but if their quality waned even more people would notice so it was established as have. hey this is the burger this is exactly what it tastes like people liked it if it then went down in quality people would notice yeah but that happened to a porto a porto was that a Porto in Bondi, when it started out, was like very good Portuguese chicken because it was some Portuguese immigrant that went there and uh, he was making yeah, it. Well, then it. But then they started replacing the lettuce with like pre-chopped lettuce that was frozen and sent over because these these well, are processes to maxim- make the machinery, make it a big thing. They're trying to appeal to a different market then. They're not just trying to appeal to the people who want an authentic, genuine Portuguese burger. They're just... Yeah, so the quality declines because they like are becoming bigger. So just by osmosis are becoming bigger, the quality. It's dude. It's the same thing that's happened to Friendly Geordies, right? When I was making videos by myself, um, look, I, it's improved because I've got input from like editors and stuff like that, saying like we're just going to cut this joke or like rearrange this joke to make it like that or whatever. That's very definitely true. But if you're pumping out three videos a week that are 10 minutes long as opposed to pumping out one video every two weeks that's five minutes long. The jokes aren't going to be as well thought out. They might have like a different sure. vibe or whatever, but like you're just McDonald'sing your enterprise. But the, at the end of the day, my end goal is to information sure. output, right? This is, yes, there's definitely a trade-off between quantity and quality there when you're yeah. dealing with a, um, uh, a consistent input in that it's just you writing the jokes. Yeah. You're not adding more writers or anything like that. Mm. So, like, it's, yeah, after a while, you kind of just become a brand. There's, in anything, right? Like, it's just, when you start expanding too much, it just, it can't be about love anymore. It can't be about, like, love of the passion or whatever and stuff like that. Like, you can get passionate people around you and then they can start working and stuff like that. But say that I got to the point. uh, Friendly Geordie's Inc., yeah, like a friendly Geordie's Inc. that was in like a huge building and I had to pay like yeah. HR consultants and fucking course, yeah. payroll managers and all that stuff. Some YouTubers are at that level. Well, I don't know if they've are got they? HR consultants, but they've got a, a giant team working for them. In America, yeah. Like, what do you think? Does iDubs? What do you reckon's working for him? Like 20 I, people? I don't know about him because his content... Well, it, if there are 20 people working for him, he's really... Uh, he, he comes across as it's just... It's just, it's, just very, it's just very him and it's very organic. But some of those larger channels. So uh, have you seen Jubilee? Have you seen their videos recently? They're popping off. They've got, uh, you know, conservatives talk to liberals. They've got, uh, they put a group of people 
into a room and one of them is gay and then they have to talk amongst each other and Figure each round out. they vote someone off and they decide and then if they're correct, they win some cash prize. Mm. They would cl- definitely have a team behind them. Yeah, um, yeah. The, those, uh, the Something Brothers, the rea- they do the React videos. Vlog Brothers? No, the, uh, the so- something, something. I can't remember. But they do all those React videos. I'm pretty sure they have a, quite a substantial team. Someone like Philly D, Philip, Philip DeFranco, I feel like if he's he pumping must. out as he much must. content as he is, he'd have to have quite a big team behind him. A lot of researchers. Yeah. I mean, look, you've got... That's where it is now. To be a YouTuber, it's very hard to just be yourself anymore. Yes, but like, yeah, and it's like the algorithm thing that we're talking about. Favours uh, channels that are posting more content. Because mm. then YouTube, they want more people to just stay on the platform as much as possible. Mm. So they're favouring the channels that are posting a lot of content and longer pieces of content. Mm. So the days where Having said could... that, kids, though, if you want to get into it, you can still do it. Well, get onto TikTok. Yeah, exactly. The like, there's go, a way yeah. to go. Yeah. Like, Neil, Neil's always really enterprising with that kind of stuff. But I guess I, I, I'm just wondering from what you said, do you, do you think there's ever a point where... Do you think they're just always uh, competing against each other, growth and quality? Do you, do you think there's any... Do you think there comes a point where the economies of scale become so large that you're actually able to buy... Uh, better raw materials at a cheaper price and as a result put out um, a greater quantity but also of a higher quality product. But if you're doing that, what are you trying to do? You're trying to create a monopoly. I'm not, not necessarily. You're just trying to grow. But that's the whole thing, right? Like at a point, you're growing so large that you are de- just by you existing at that stage, put aside government favors and whatever, just by you existing at that scale, like Coles and Woolworths, right? Uh-huh. They're just going to outcompete corner stores because they can just buy milk, sell it at a loss to attract people into Coles because they're just like, well, it's a dollar here and it's like $3 over there. So they're just going to go in there. Um, I think that the thing is that you can okay. make like a big organization and it can work in favors of society, but it really depends on what the intention of the people working there are. And honestly, there are people that I've met in my life that are definitely money driven. Every time I've oh, yeah. met them, they're fucked. They're bad people. Like, man, dodgy plumbers. I don't think they I've had some fucking dodgy like tradies and shit. Like they, they, they don't give yeah. a fuck about like fixing people's roofs or like uh you know like making sure that somebody's light switch works and stuff they'll do shit like make another light switch not work it's they're not happy people of course no they're not happy people yeah. but they're, and they're also just thinking about how to rip people off all the time you yeah i look you're definitely right when uh when you talk about uh corporations having a very short term mindset so they want to maximize profits for their shareholders in the short term they can't afford to say hey this is our 20-year plan we're going to lose money for the next 15 years and then we're going to go back into profit mm. i mean if they that ha- maybe they can i don't know maybe someone in the corporate world tell me if that's the case but if they were to say to the shareholders hey you're not going to make any money for the next 15 years but you'll be sitting on a mint in 20 years time i mean you wouldn't want to invest in that no you'd want your return now. Pretty soon. Yeah. You'd want to see growth potential, but you also want to return immediately. Unless you're like a billionaire and then they just kind of just chuck money at those angel investment things of just like, ah, one sure. of these will pay off and you, just, yeah. you do that. But most most mom and pop investors aren't doing that. Yeah, and then and then and then you actually look at 
the um, political system of most Western countries, elections are every three, four, maybe five years. So that's also very short term. They want to show that they've done something for the people in that space of time. They can't afford to do what China's done, which is, hey, here's a 200-year plan. plan. Mm. So there's a huge advantage that China has there. Massive. Western size, very short-term thinking. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, they've, and it's, it's built That's around the structure that. of uh, where we are right now. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I, I, I think that... But then you have to ask, what's the, what's the solution there? And then is the solution worse than the problem? Well, like on a personal scale, this is the solution. You just can't be driven by money. You have to have something bigger that you're aiming for in life. Yeah. There has to be something else that excites you to get up in the morning. Yeah, well, bringing back um, <laughs> virtue and a sense of honor and dignity, these sorts of values that people aspire to, well, you would think, at least from reading literature from back in the day, those sorts of things were spoken about so much more. Whereas yeah. no one nowadays is like, yes, I'm aiming to become a virtuous person. No, no. no one in their 20s is saying that. No, instead they're just constantly tearing down other people and trying to take strip their virtue away. That's like the common. Yeah, and this is a common. Not uh, that I don't do that. Like I do that. I made a living out of that. But yeah, yeah of course <laughs> we all we all have our, our flaws. But this is actually a common conservative rebuttal to the libertarian argument. Um, so they will say, look, f- this free market and this money-driven society needs to be coupled with a strict code of religion. That's where people get their values from whereas if you're just a libertarian and there's no sense of that overarching culture then yeah what is to stop people it's from dystopic. just being money, money driven and i agree i Dude, that actually leads agree to blade with that runner i agree with that yeah well this is the other thing it doesn't necessarily need to be religion but it has to be something there yeah. has to be some kind of values there that are set in place for a society like yeah, if you are just one of those things of just you know maximizing profit at all costs, it's where the world is going now. It is just going to a Blade Runner future. I think that the reason that that movie sticks out so much is because it just it, it rings the most true out of all the dystopias, out of your yeah. 1984s and whatever. It's just that one there. You gotta just, give, we gotta give the chat. We gotta gotta be charitable. We gotta uh, make a really strong effort to. Um, just be around different people and people who are actually struggling because a lot of times we want to just avoid the the homeless people. We want to avoid even just lower class people sometimes because it's uncomfortable. Well, yeah, no, they're status seeking. Yeah, they're they're gross and uncultured. But well, you know what? Actually, this might actually be a truer statement than money's the root of all evil. I, I think status seeking might be because that might just be an offshoot. No, I think status depends kinda, what status you're you're seeking. But it, it's yeah, again, if you're, like, if you're a purpose. Sure, yeah. If you're seeking status just for the sake of being popular, um, then that's that's probably quite flawed. Yeah. But if you're trying to uh, enrich your skills and perfect a certain art and get to the top of whatever industry you might be in, and you get status as a result, yeah, then that that can be a virtuous thing. Yeah. But that's again because that's that's not your driver. Your driver in both of those situations is yes. just like, yeah, like you're right. money you're right. and status just came as a result yeah. of pursuing those things on that ground. All of those things that you think that uh, when I was younger I would chase a lot of money, status, and and girls even ironically enough, those things are like, just byproducts of when you actually pursue virtuous 
um, ends. Yes. Then true. those things they're, just happen. Damn, they are. So you don't actually need to chase those. But yeah, I think the the girl thing in general, I think I well, you know sex or he any sort of hedonist. Any like sort that. of hedonism, but I think that that's also just like an offshoot of chasing for status. If you're if you're like chasing a lot of girls, it's again what we we're talking about before. You're just in a group of guys that are kind of just like, how many chicks have you fucked? Oh, what you've only fucked two, kind of thing. Like that, that is like a status thing of like, I've made the most bitches. Only two. That's fucking shit, man. <laughs> Look, you're a bitch. No offense, man, but <laughs> just saying, you deserve to be low on the status. Uh, hierarchy there bro yeah i mean like dude these things are true right like if you are if if you are poor you're poor that's a fact if you are an incel you are an incel these these are true but i think that yeah as you're saying like if you want to get out of being an incel if you want to get out of being poor you don't pursue those things Mm. i mean you can pursue those things and you will be successful in that field but it will be at the detriment of the rest of your life I think that those people that just like narrow in on money, they might be really rich, but I reckon it becomes a curse at a point. I really can't imagine a CEO that's like really sociopathic, like having a lot of friends, or like their their partner loving friends. But no, but they'd be status. Would they be happy? Yeah, would they be like if they weren't CEO tomorrow? Like they'd be content. Look, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, having a mindset of abundance. So you want to try to give yourself the best in life. I think that's okay. You, I like to aim to buy... Uh, it, well, if something's expensive, but it's expensive because it's high quality, I'm open to purchasing that. But if something's expensive just because it has a brand name attached to it, then that's that's bad. You shouldn't be going for that. Which is another offshoot of status seeking. Yeah. That's that. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a Chanel bag. Jealous. And that's the thing. The only people that are jealous of those things are empty, vacuous people. They're not... No one no one of high self-worth gives a shit if you have a Chanel bag or a bag from Woolies. Yeah. Yeah, and look, to, to a certain degree, we can't all be monks. You know, we're going to need... We need money to survive. And there's nothing wrong with having a little, you know, a little bit extra here and there to spend on some things. But we still also... We have to make sure that we're, we're, we are being charitable when we can. But yeah, if you're looking out for others, if you're not motivated by money, if you're motivated by other things, just by osmosis, I don't think that you've actually, like, man, I. Do you know what I they say? Everyone has their price. Flashy. You know, don't that old that that saying? Everyone has their price. But there's there's I think I was thinking about that the other day, and I was thinking like, nah, there's certain things that I just wouldn't do for money. But there are things that other people do just like, yeah, yeah, sure. Depends what you can also... It also depends what you can do with that money. So I always wanted to create really high-quality short films, but I wanted to self-produce them. And to do that, you need money. So I needed to chase money in the short term in order to achieve my uh, longer-term goal. Yeah, but once you got that money, you're satiated with that. But if, you're, if you are pursued by money, you, you, first of all, you don't have that goal in the first place, but yeah. there's never enough of it. Yeah. So you're always just going to feel... That's true. Damn, mm. you will always feel scarcity in that point. But like as soon as you got the money for the short film, you were satiated. You were just like, yep, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like once you once yeah, you yeah, attained yeah. the thing... Like money... Money is not your master at that point. You 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 see money as a tool, 
But I really do think that there are people out there that that is their God. Money is their... There was a, there's a saying, I think, in the Bible. I think it, it might be it might be the... Uh, what's the Jewish one? Torah. Mammon. They call it that. It was a, it, it's an old, ancient, wise proverb. People, people have observed this in certain people since the beginning of civilization, or at least written language. There's always been something that people... So th- they were saying that you're worshipping mammon, which meant that you are worshipping material wealth. Yeah, that was the way. So this is this is this is an old concept. It's always been that type yeah. of person in society. Of course, yeah. As soon as agricultural societies came about, and um, there were people right at the top of the society that were controlling the others, there was always a love of money and power. And I mean, there's always a love of. But it seems I'm sure, even in hunter gatherer societies, there was a love of resources. It just wasn't money. There were the there were the uh, humans that were trying to accumulate the most resources and sometimes to the detriment of other people in their tribe. I'm sure that still existed. Self-interest is just, it's just the love of money is just the sort of the the manifestation of self-interest in our current society. That would have also, that sort of self-interest would have manifested in other ways in other societies if, if they didn't have money. It's sociopaths. It's them. I, I mean, I think there's... Well, do, do you think everyone to some degree, it, it's more of a scale that, you know, it's not as though there's just some people who are money-driven and everyone else isn't. We're all, we've all got some selfish desires to some degree. Yeah, but there's, there's like actually a mental condition where you just tip over the scale. It's like somebody is... I know people always say that like there's a, there's a, there's a certain bell curve of autism. I don't know enough about it, but th- there's some people that are definitely fucking autistic. And yeah. There's yeah. some people that are definitely sociopaths. Oh yeah. That exists. Yeah. So, so yeah, okay, like so obviously everybody has like a selfish interest, right? But there's other, but like most people have some understanding of sure. like I'm not the only person on earth, and. You know, wow. this person has feelings and things. Where there's like sociopaths are kind of, you know, what's really scary so about a sociopath like, mind. So, so just really quickly, the people who are seriously money driven are almost like addicts in a way. No, they're empty. It's not that. They're, yeah, they're yeah, but addict, that's what they're, they're using money to to fill that hole. Yeah, yeah, they've they've, it's they've the same mindset. Out, it's, it's a heroin. So kind of every thing. other uh, addiction or really unhealthy impulse like that we look down upon in our society, but then if someone's addicted to money we laud them and say wow they're so rich look at them go but they've yeah, got a problem but it's, it's, and it's the they've m- actually got a psychological problem dude i reckon that's honestly wow. why a sh- the world is like in a bad state i really think that is like why there's so many that. huge global problems now is because the current world superpower is driven by money like look at it. The, the fact that trump is a rich man, is an asset. That was not an asset to uh, a president 50 years ago in the US. Like, everybody looked up to the fact that Truman, I think it was Truman, left office on a bus, and they said, why are you leaving office on a bus? And he was like, I don't have any money. And I was just like, why? And he's just like, the only way you can make money in politics is if you're a crook. He was just an honest public servant that served because he, was, he saw like a higher purpose to getting there. But, like, Donald Trump used the fact that he is rich as an asset to get to where he is. Like, he, he kept, use, like, saying that over and over again. I'm rich. And 
society at this point, like Western society is sick to the point that they actually think that that's a good thing. That in itself, not how you made the money, just that you have money. That's all that there is to it. It's it's unbelievably shallow and scary. And like again, if, if you're just worshiping that, it's, it's exactly that same thing. It's just like yeah, it's it's it's, it's insane. It's like and saying like wow, that it's like it's honestly like is, Donald Trump being like I'm a heroin addict, and, and everyone being like yeah, that guy should be president. And so many Christians voted for him. But that was different. that's the sad part. But that's they're that's, not living up to their values, are they? But no, that, look, this is what we we're talking about with Christianity. How they just kind of just are. Uh, constantly brainwashed to be unthinking and so they live in that society and that's the downside of those religions sure right? yeah so they just they vote for whoever they're told to vote for like their pastors just outside. all get together and then they're just like oh, okay well the republican candidate's going to uh restrict abortion or whatever they want and so then they're just like yeah vote for vote for the republican candidate mm. that's how that works seen right? as a means to an end so he's a flawed person but again like but he's giving us what we want yeah but dude, fucking mega churches, right? Mm, that's I mean, a philosophical like, conundrum, isn't it? What if someone is giving you what you think is virtuous, but they're an unvirtuous person? What do you do? No, you, you dude, you you vote for the unvirtuous person. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It depends what your like outcome is, right? But it's the same thing with like Joe Biden at the moment. Even if he raped a woman, right? Obviously, rape is bad, but what is worse is not having a climate policy for the next four years of an empire, the global empire not having a climate policy. So you vote for the rapist. And I'm not saying that Joe Biden is a rapist. I don't know if those allegations are true, and I think that these are always overblown, that like a lot of famous people... Look, it's just that unfortunate thing of like some people are like your Harvey Weinsteins of the world, and you know usually these people are usually attracted to very high status positions like Hollywood, like politics, like, you know, heads yeah. of a church and stuff like that. Those people. So maybe he is, but also, you know, people are, people people have accused Howard of being a rapist. They've accused, you know, Bill Shorten. They need to take, the, need to take the, the status and the allure of uh, being a high-end politician away. So then people go into it not thinking, oh, I'm going to be famous and everyone, I'm going to have all this power. It's kind of a necessary evil, though. Like, you that's can't, th- yeah, how are you going to do it? You can't. Yeah, you really that, can't. That's impossible, isn't it? That's true. Make it a very, very low salary. That would be no, 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 no. That, in fact, actually, it's the complete opposite way that that works because I don't, I imagine it's actually exactly the same in India. But in Pakistan, oh, well, they do corru- yeah, okay, yeah, like, the only reason that they go in there is because they're that's corrupt. That's point. So it's like basically just people that are rich enough to go in there to like award contracts to their own businesses. So it's fair, just fair. Like, That's a fair point. again, yeah. greedy rich people going in there for the sake of that. It's it's honestly that mind shift that needs to happen. It's just like you need to be driven by something that is bigger than your bank account, period. And then Pe- you could say that status is like the offshoot. Well, going back to politics... The, the the career politicians, that's the wasn't there always a thing where you couldn't actually um, run for office unless you had had a few years in some other industry and then you only had a limited time you could actually be a politician? Maybe. So then you're not caught up in this highly sycophantic Machiavellian world for potentially three, four decades and you're just a very different person to who you were when you first got into it? Maybe. 
I don't know if there was ever like term limits on being like a, you know, like a, I don't know, like a, a an MP or whatever. But I do know that the culture has shifted rapidly, well, not rapidly, but it's shifted over time. Whereas, yes, in the past, you were given that position. Not even you were given that. Well, yeah, maybe because you were just an upstanding member of the community and that's how word spread before there was such dominant press or whatever. But Almost always uh, throughout most of the 20th and then 19th centuries, they would have at least done some military service. Or something. Yeah. There was not that many career politicians. But I don't think that necessarily you being a career politician would make you a bad person. Not necessarily, but I, I, I can't imagine it hurting if you do five to ten years. Yeah. Especially in an industry that you're going to represent. Mm. If you're going to... Um, if you're going to be... Uh, a party for for the workers like go and do a trade for 10 years mm. go and be a worker for 10 years and you'd understand that better i mean well that's like the labor party and this is like a, a huge criticism that it gets all the time and it's a fair criticism as well is that it used to be a party almost entirely of people that worked in trade unions so what happens in a union is that you say that you're just a carpenter or whatever you're just like a respected carpenter hmm. then yeah, they become... say like yeah you should be our delegate mate you, you should you should run this this chapter of it or whatever and then you just go there and then you work your way up and then you become i don't know like a, a union rep or whatever and then like they're just like oh yeah this seat's open do you want to run for that and then they go there well yeah they wouldn't be i mean are they even any like that anymore there is there is certain oh, okay. ones like the guy with the scottish accent um, they're a minority now. No, yeah, most of them are lawyers. And that, yeah. But that's just law. That's just politics in general. Most politicians are lawyers. Or they've done a law degree and then just gone yeah. into politics. And they move their way up through university politics. So even when they weren't in... That's the classic career politician. They usually go to your Sydney laws or your Melbourne laws. They go yeah. to one of the parties there. They just work their way through party politics. They go and become a staffer, then the staffer, and then their politician that they've been working for retires, and then they take the seat. That's the usual way that you like Yeah, and now. they're representing all these people that are from a completely different sector of society. Exactly. Because there's an issue there. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it's that whole thing of just, like, the, it's it's this constant bubble of just cloning itself. So there's not many people that think outside yeah. the box. So once that, once it's so immersed with that culture, then they're just going to pick more people that are coming up from that same culture. Yeah, but that—that that is not exclusive to politics. No, no, that's no. Pretty no. Much yeah, every that's every institution. That's that's true. That's very true. That's. But the thing is, yeah, politics a is a special one, though, isn't it? So it shouldn't be that. It yeah. And it's the same thing with journalism. I remember reading an essay just about like this uh, journalist from the 40s that was saying that when he started off, most of the journalists were from the working class, so they sympathised with the working class, and even though they had owners that were telling them what to say, they would write little sneaking little bits of information to the articles that the editors would just let slip because of like the deadline of just having to fucking point things out all the time. And when you were getting really crafty at it, because they were from the working class, they were still street smart or whatever, but it wasn't a, wasn't a university profession in the 40s. It was bohemian. Most of them came from backgrounds of like car salesmen as their dads or like builders or whatever mm. um and so they'd sneak in information that was you know in the interest of the general population that otherwise just wouldn't have been filtered through then the owners of journalism caught caught privy to that and then they started 
glamorizing the industry of journalism. It's like what you were saying about politics, how it's just become glamorized and like basically the biggest, this is why Trump moved into it because he realized the biggest celebrity on earth is the US president. Like, yeah. It is. There's, nothing competes with that. Like just, just you opening your mouth, there yeah, is going to be every news outlet on earth just being like, he said this today, you know? So yeah, it's for <laughs> someone said someone who was a staffer for Serious one of the clout. New South Wales members of Parliament. He said something to me that I've, I've remembered. He said it's uh, politics is uh, uh, is for people who want to live the rock star life but have no Too artistic ugly. talent yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, that's them. It's so true. Well, look, there's there's no, rare got, exceptions. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying all of no, them. No, but dude, yeah, but most politicians. You're right. They're like very grey people, and that's because that. That system replicates that. Mm. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, Paul Keating, I think, is, like, actually an artist. I think he is truly... That, that is a man that thinks outside the box. There is examples of this um, through history. But um, well, Now all the working class... The, the uh, working class people who want to get into politics would go to a different party. They'd go to, they'd, they'd go to One Nation, yeah. yeah they'd they'd, they'd want to run Palmer's, for that. Jackie Lambie, United... Well, that is it. Like, United, Jackie Lambie United, yeah. Clive Palmer, they're, they're also dead shits. But the thing is, again, like, Class. a lot of times you don't have to be that intelligent. You don't have to be that te- intelligent to see if, like, a policy is good or not or in the interests of the average person. What you have to be intelligent for is to work your way up through that machine because yeah. it's just pure Machiavellianism from uni politics to federal. The whole thing is just backstabbing the whole way. So you have to be really crafty and smart to get into that position. Yuck. Yeah. But that's most like. But, but you can again, say you're that right. For that's probably, you can say that for yeah. law firms. Yeah, you can say that same. for banking. Everything. It's just Comedy. like they, they reward. It, well, not so. Not now. With the thank God for the internet. That democratized it. Yeah, it was like that. But that's the thing. Like when I look at like a lot of the people that I looked up to in the comedic world now, I think the same thing is always like I, I just think like either like so- sociopath, narcissist, like it's just somebody who's just like has no empathy whatsoever and just like went for it. You so- know. Hopefully, uh, even there are there are there are mechanisms available wherein, if an institution becomes so corrupt, whether that's ideologically or just with the people um, that that are part of it, there is some sort of alternative that will rise up. So, for example, with comedy, because the internet came about, the alternative came about. But that was you can't do that with politics. Well, I get, you can do that with political parties. So if particular parties become too insular other parties will pop up which is kind of what's happening yes but there's also just the 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 change of technology and how you use that technology so as we've said a million times before we would not have a career even if we were born like in 1985 say we were born in 1985 as we did it would be very different we'd be very different because we would have been molded by yeah and we wouldn't think about it system yes like, the ones that I feel really sorry for are the ones that are just a little bit older than us. Yeah, me too. Those are the ones that got really fucked over because that was, like, when the internet was sort of emerging, profits were starting to get eaten. They uh, became the captain of the Titanic as it was sinking. Yeah. It's fucked. And they can't get out of it as well. They're just in that paradigm for the rest of their yeah, life. Yeah, no, they really can't. Yeah. And also, like... It's just a point where, like, you're too old. You're an old dog. Like, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Like, you're just so set in your pattern. Yeah. Like, you maybe might be able to do it, but, like, I haven't seen it happen, basically. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Um, maybe Jack Black is the example. But 
yeah, I look, I think that that's always the same thing. It's like, it's that point that really humanity just rides off the coattails of a few scientific geniuses throughout humans his, human history. Like whoever the fuck invented the wheel, whoever the fuck invented the plow, like it's just, and then that just like Fair, makes yeah. it like way more productive for everyone else. And like, you know, like us, for instance, like we're fucking no one in comparison to the guy that invented YouTube. Like that guy's a genius. And yeah. then we're just kind of like, oh, this exists now, mad. Like Took advantage of it. <laughs> wow. Don't you think? Oh, so, that's grim, but it's, I, I you can't, can't, can't disagree with that. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Well, again, with this podcast, we've spent, uh, that wasn't really banter though. That was, uh, that was a pretty meaningful discussion. No, I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Well, we've, we've, I've addressed this on the last two podcasts. I said, oh, I'm going to talk about this in the next podcast. I'm going to talk about it in the next podcast. But I wanted to talk about uh, what offends you. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go to that. Just so we can get the title on YouTube. <laughs> Basically. Or should we just wait for another day? No, we've, still got, we've still got like half a an hour. Half an yeah, hour. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's do it. Well, because a lot of people now are saying things... People need to toughen up. They need to stop being offended by everything. So people seem to have a very uh, similar outlook nowadays, which is that, oh, people are too offended. People are offended easily. We're so soft. But everyone's offended by something. Everyone has something that will push their buttons. And I think what that is, is that's an indication of what you value and, and... and how you see yourself and what your identity is. So, for example, if you see yourself as, uh, if your race is a main component of your identity. So if, if, when, if you ask me, hey, Neil, how, who are you? How do you describe yourself? Well, number one, I'm brown. Then yes, when people are attacking that particular aspect of my identity, I'm going to get offended. But I don't see myself as that. Brown is it's like a small part of who I am. Number one, I thought about this. When, if people are going to ask me, hey, how would you describe yourself? Who are you? Number one is comedian. I always say that. Number one, I'm a comedian. Do you? Yeah. What else do you say? Well, I don't know, but that's such a big part of me. I'm a comedian, actor. So my profession comes first. So you're a comedian slash actor. Comedian, actor, writer, entertainer, creator, all of these things. Yeah, your profession that's the biggest. First. That's the biggest part yeah. of my identity. Yeah. Whereas a lot, some people... You ask them, okay, who are you? Oh, I'm a Christian. That's the biggest part of their identity. I'm a Muslim. So then that is the thing you're going to be offended about, especially if it's being disparaged in your perception unfairly. Mm. Fuck. So I think I've thought about like what, when people are, <laughs> this comes down to what do I get, what comments do I get triggered over? So when people have sent these ridiculously racist comments to me, I don't get that offended by them. Because I just think this person's such this person's really stupid, and I just laugh at it. Because I don't actually, I don't, I don't have a huge part of my identity in my racial or cultural identity. It is part of it. And it got to a point where someone was in my face saying all sorts of things. Yeah, I would arc up and I would probably get offended. But the things that offend me the most are when people question my comedic and artistic integrity. Question my uh, the quality of the content I put out. 
that's what gets to me. That's what really gets to me. And I, and I, and that is just an that is just the manifestation of my identity and how I see myself. Yeah. And and it being attacked. So I think when people say things, when people say people are too soft, people need to be more resilient, people are offended easily, okay, what do they value? They value resilience and toughness. So then if you were to say to that person, oh, you're a softie, you're a pussy, that's what will get them. If that's, mm. They probably wouldn't take it seriously first, but if someone they respect were to sort of subtly hint that you're being a bit soft today or something like that, that is actually going to offend them. You can see it. They're offended by the fact people are offended because they value resilience. Yeah, that's th- those are the guys on like the the front line of the culture war. That sort of thing. Yeah, but and you see it every time. Like you can just see it in the way they hold themselves in their own photos. It's a lot of this shit. Yeah, exactly. And I find that that's a that's a that's a perfect segue into what I want to talk about next. It's really funny when in the, in this modern landscape of the culture wars, when one person from the quote unquote right attacks one person from the quote unquote left. What generally happens is the person from the right is attacking the person on the left on things that they value and vice versa. So when the person on the left says, you're racist, you're a bigot, you're, um, you're a misogynist, that doesn't affect the person on the right. That is the sort of thing that if directed to the person on the left would affect them. Yeah. And, no, similarly, yeah. Yeah, and similarly, the person on the right always attacks the person on the left, you're a soy boy, you're a bitch, you're a cuck. It doesn't hurt. That's not... That's, what would really offend the person on the left is if the person on the right said, you're, you're a racist. racist, you're the ignorant one, you actually aren't woke. Mm. And similarly, if the person on the left were like, no, I'm actually the real man here, you're a little bitch that's getting offended and angry over everything. And they're not doing that. And I think that shows that, well, it's like a slight lack of emotional intelligence there because if your goal is to just upset the other person, you can't attack them on things you value. So this is when when people come at me with like really aggressive, violent barbs and say like, oh, you're, a, you know, you're a bitch, you're a pussy, like all these sorts of things, or if they're attacking my content, um, but in a very lackluster way, nothing that I'm really threatened by. My rebuttal is always to question their intelligence. I'll always find uh, uh, grammar mistakes, something really stupid and simplistic about what they've said, and I'd use that and turn it into an attack on them and say, and usually in quite a smug way, say, well, clearly you're, a, you're, you're not a very smart person because you've said, yeah, you've said this, you've said A, B, C, whatever it might be. That doesn't. That probably wouldn't upset them. Because I don't think they value intellect in the same way I do. What would upset them is me coming at them with the same sort of insults they've come at me. So if I were to be like, no, you're the bitch, you're the pussy, look at you, you're calling me like a soy boy and whatever it might be. Well, look at your arms, they're smaller or whatever. You know, I'm just talking hypothetically here. But like, we tend to attack, when when we get into debates, I think we tend to attack people based on what we perceive as weakness and not necessarily what they perceive as weakness. And then when you, when you watch debates and even when you watch call-out videos and things like that, you're actually getting an insight into how to attack the other person. Because if someone's attacking someone else, being like, oh, you're not funny, look how bad your comedy is, you're so unfunny, that's an insight into how much that person values high-quality comedy. 
So if you were then ever in a position where you had to attack that person... No, no, no. I don't think it's that. It's, a, it's an insight into how funny they think they are. That too, yes. And it, that, which is just an example of how they value... One, they, they perceive themselves as that's a big part of their identity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, the comedian, yeah, yeah. but they I'm the value comedian. Oh, yeah. and like in their the mind, skill they're of just comedy. like, oh, I quality com- comedy. Yeah, yeah, so they value you know, the like, skill yeah. of, uh, of comedy. And mm. so I was just, yeah, like this was just a, if you want, an epiphany of sorts that came to me. It's a good one. Because, yeah, whenever, I, if I ever get into common arguments or things like that and someone attacks me with a very poorly worded, sentence i immediately dismiss that and i'll and i'll always say i'll I'll always attack them on that that like you're an idiot you're dumb look at how your bad your spelling is look at the ideas you're trying to articulate you haven't done it very well at all whereas that's because that's an indication that i'm clearly i value that so if that yeah so if someone ever wanted to attack me now they know how to but also that's not going to upset them if i say look at that word you spelt wrong like fucking so what, cunt? I'll bash you up because they value physical strength or whatever it you know might what, be. Yeah, at the very at the when you're in that situation and someone's just insulting you on that, yeah, you're right. You either like brush it to the side, or at the very at the very most, it's kind of just irritating. Yeah, that's about it. It's yeah, not yeah, like it's yeah, not exactly, like it's, yeah. it's not like it's like getting to you. It's kind of just this thing of just like, well, that's like fucking pointless. Like you, mm. if if you don't value it, you will just see it as pointless. You won't even like register it as important. Exactly. And that's the whole point. Yeah. If you're not in that mindset, of, well, I mean, we always we always come down to this, doesn't it? But like, if uh, getting laid doesn't affect you, and someone was like, "Well, fuck more girls than you, bro," be like, "So, so what? I don't care." Mm. You got to think about it. if you really. I mean, this is very Machiavellian and could be used for very evil ends, but. If you really want to get to someone, you've got to think about not what you would be upset and offended by. What would they be upset and offended by? Yeah. What do they value? It's entering their world. It's the same yeah. thing as like if you want to help someone. Well, it's kind of the same thing. It's just like that, that old Buddhist saying of just like if I... It's like when the people say... They're always just saying like I insult... I don't know. There's like this old story of a monk that's just like getting insulted... And, like, some king just as a prank basically just said to this guy, like, go and insult this Buddhist monk, and if you do, I'll give you $10,000 or whatever. So he did everything he could. He came up with every insult he possibly could. And then the Buddhist monk, and he said, why weren't you insulted at the end? The Buddhist monk wasn't offended. At the end of the day, the Buddhist monk said, um, if you gave me a gift and I didn't accept it, do I possess that gift? And they were just like, no. And so he was just like, well, I just think of that the same way as insults. I just just don't yeah. like i just don't register those insults i don't i don't take them like i would take a gift yeah and so as a result of that it's not mine it's yeah. not my burden to hold so like basically like what's happening when you are getting insulted yeah is like you you it's like it, it's that same thing it's just like like it's it's not even the same way of like looking at it as i think most people would be looking at it as kind of just like bow and arrow hitting you and it hits like a little chink in your armor and you're going that's one way of looking at it, yeah. But I think that maybe it's just kind of this thing of just being like, would you like this insult? And then you can kind of just have this response of like, mm, no, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. You kind of yeah, see it as can, that. And then it like changes that, yeah. the way that you're going to react. Yeah. And I mean, it. it's not even just with insults. If you're trying to compliment someone, if you're trying to curry favor with someone, often you will try uh, to compliment them in a way that... Strokes their ego. 
Well, that would stroke your ego because that's what you value. All right, yeah, but the aim is so, to stroke the Yeah, ego. exactly. So you have to think about, okay, what... What... Yeah, what would they... Value? I mean, it comes down to... If you think about pick up again, so many guys are just like, oh, you're so pretty, you're so beautiful, you're so hot. One, they've heard that all the time. They sort of know that. So then you've got to think of something to say no, to this person that is actually what they want to hear. If the woman is clearly trying to glam herself oh, then, up, yes. then yeah. she's probably susceptible to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can take an educated guess. Like I if somebody's just, just naturally beautiful, they probably like, you're just like pretty, you're pretty. But they, they obviously don't accept it. But like, if you are just like, you have a boob job and you've just like spent two hours putting makeup on yourself, you clearly want that compliment. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's a different, yeah. I'm just, I was just talking hypothetically there. Like, yeah, hypothetically, yeah. But you know what I mean, like, which is... Um, Think about if, if you're going to compliment inside, whatever you're going to do, if you're going to interact with someone, you've got to try to put yourself in their mindset first before you think about what you're going to say to them. Yeah. But see, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. That's like a way that you can move through life and then you, you'll definitely like reap results out of it. That's so, a very intelligent way of looking at it. If you were to, so for example, I'm just, I'm just guessing here, but like if you, I mean, if you came at me, and ever and said, "Hey, Neil, you're not that well informed on politics." I'd be like, no, "Like, I don't care." Mm. But if I said, "Jordan, you're not actually that well informed on politics," no, that would no, actually, like, because like people are always just like, "Yeah, a retard," and like just yeah. the fact that they use the word retard, you're just like, it's very obvious you're a retard. Like, it doesn't it doesn't actually offend me. Like, and sure. I don't get like, "Fuck you" or whatever. The thing that gets me every time is like, you're not telling the truth. You're, yeah, you're deceiving. That every time like makes me arc up. It's it's the okay. It's and you know what it is. It's actually just a transfer of my mum because my mum was always just like being like, I tell the truth. I'm an honest person. You're dishonest. And so I think it was just the same thing. Okay. Like I was learning from a young age that honesty is like very valued. And also on top of that, I was always just getting accused of it. So it's just hitting that emotional wound of just being like, fuck off, mum. I am. F-. That's basically what's happening. Like every time I'm having that argument, mm. I'm just having that argument with my mum. And that's what's happening there. So if you want to get at me, that's how you do it. <laughs> you, you just sure. say that I'm lying. That's that's what I hate. Sure, but then what what can... I'm just speculating here, but what could potentially happen there is if you're trying to get at someone else, especially if you're in a heat-of-the-moment situation, you might accuse... that you'd be, you'd be more likely to use the fact that they're lying as an insult when it may not be as effective to them because they might not have that same background that you have. Hmm? So because oh. because you you know that um, if someone accuses you of lying, that's monumentally effective to you, you might then think, well, this is the way I'll insult other people and attack other people. Yeah, it's all. It's, but it, it might not necessarily work. I think like it if might someone just... told me I'm, you're lying, I, well, it would depend on the context and things. I'm pretty sure if everyone, if someone's saying something that they think is really important and someone accuses them of lying, I don't think there's many people that wouldn't be somewhat affected by that. No, there would, no, there would so be. So that, yeah, that might not be the best example. But I, I think but... there might be some people that like, just for argument's sake, they, they, well, they, I know that there is people that just say like they, they build their ego up on the fact that they are good at lying. Well, then, yeah, for, for example, then if you're uh, in a debate with that particular person, 
And you said, you're lying. Okay. Yeah, so it depends. <laughs> but I think that, like, with all of them, I think these big these big wounds, I think you can trace them all the way back to your fucking childhood. Like, your yeah. thing with, like, just being funny. Like, I suppose... It's not just. Funny, I mean, like, it's it? not. It's. Not, I used to. I used to have that one, but my my. It's shifted to that wound now. I reckon, but like you know, like funny or intelligent or whatever. Like it would have been because your parents valued intelligence, and so they just would have just been you know like they they would have put that up on a pedestal, and so you've just learned to value that. Sure. And it would have been the same thing with with happiness yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So these these I are know, things yeah. that just go back a long yeah. time. So they're like deep seated and it's hard to get rid of. But I think just like that one point is really important to note, which is that like all of it's like the thing that you were saying at the beginning. It's it's identity. Yeah, comes down to that. It's like, and you can you can dissipate that. And think about it in a political context. If you're trying to appeal to a certain group or a sector of society, you can't think about okay, what do I value? And then this goes back. Look, here we go. This goes back to if if a political party, for example, is from one very niche sector of society then they're probably gonna um put out policies and a brand and an image that they think is effective for 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 the society and the identity they've been brought up in whereas if they're trying to appeal and branch out to other other sectors they got to think about okay what do these people value mm. well yeah that's like, like that's like that's the uh the never-ending ride of focus group testing, I guess. But oh, yeah. what what Donald Trump kind of like got that the rest of them didn't get is that like when you're in a focus group, you aren't going to say your honest feelings. If you're ringing up like a radio station and you're listening to a shock jock and you I like associate with that shock jock and you identify with them and like you trust that shock jock, you're going to say what you honestly think to them. Yeah. So when he started running for president, he got like a group of people to just sit in a room and say, just listen to Talkback Radio for a month. I mean, sorry, a week and write down every topic that they're talking about. Anyone that comments in, we'll just do a tally board. Those are, those are going to be the things that I'm going to be emphasizing in my campaign. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, it's, go to the depths of Reddit and see what... Because uh, they're bubbles and it, they're where fucked. Yeah. Those bubbles are fucked. But then you know, they are but scary. You also would know exactly what they uh, what they value exactly and how they, they see value. their identity. Because otherwise, they know out. a way to uh, well either please them or attack them. Absolutely. So, so, so you know how Trump always goes at his biggest attack for Mike Bloomberg was like, I I think Mike Bloomberg's gonna have to stand up on a on a step. Little Mikey. He's so little. He's so short. And then the same with um. Who's the guy running? Marco Rubio, little, little Marco, so small, mm. so short. I can't even see him. Can't see his face. Mm. There you go. He values so that's physical presence and physical dominance is something he clearly values. So that would then that's an insight of how to attack him. Whereas all they ever do is like, oh, he's he's nasty, he's mean. No, but that's what the comedians noticed because he was just being like, my hands are fine, all right. Like so, they were always just being like, he's got small hands. Like they. they they figured that out on him, and they attack him on they that. They don't do it enough. Do it enough. They, they, even even the the it seems to be like the uh, the Democrat strategy is like let's go back to normality. Let's have some decorum. Let's let's uh, not have this unhinged maniac. Whereas that's not you got to attack him on what is going to actually upset him. Well, it depends. Hey, like you're not a- worth a billion dollars. You're only worth four hundred million. No, what are you talking? No, that's wrong. 
well, that would get to him. No, well, yeah, like in a debate stance, yes, but like in in like a voting appeal thing. Okay, yeah, you're that, looking no, for like what those yeah, fuckers yeah. want. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about yeah, I'm talking about yeah, the, the debate kind of context. Yeah, you absolutely need to do that, and that's the whole thing. Is because Biden's he wasn't. That. And, but that's the whole thing, man. It was like exactly what we were saying. It's just these worlds, like the political Bernie world, is have, just I don't gray. think Bernie wouldn't have done would have done that either. I can't imagine Bernie being like, no, you're Trash not, you're not actually himself. rich. Nah, nah. <laughs> you got a small dick or anything like that. But it would have worked. It would have worked because then he would have gone so... When he's calm and he's in control and he's charismatic, he can make his jokes. And even if the other politician is coming out with substantive policy, he just comes out with really, really funny lines. And that appeals to people. Whereas if you get him out of his comfort zone, you make him feel uncomfortable... I feel like then he loses his charisma. He loses uh, a lot of his appeal. Yeah, but because he's just gone into that grey world and he's a showman and the things that they value would just be things like my integrity, my intelligence, yeah. my my stanch on healthcare, those things are the yeah. things that they would like pride themselves on. So they gotta attack they gotta get out of that. I mean, detach themselves from that and yeah. attack him on what? His bubble would be, yeah. Basically, which is you just need money, to... ratings, popularity. You would need someone like Dave rich. Chappelle running as a Democratic candidate, and then they would well, be then, able to like no, really get at him. Because then the Dave Chappelle would probably attack him on like race issues or whatever. No, no, but like okay, not necessarily Dave Chappelle, but like if you oh, had a comedian yeah, a ro- or yeah, you had yeah, like yeah, a yeah. if you had someone who was just like a big entertainer, yeah. a big personality that was just better at like jabbing than he is. Yeah. Then that's the. That's, I mean, he's very good at. Then that. you bring knives to a knife fight. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you need to. Yeah, you need to be on like stage for that, I guess. But so like, dude, the age, man. Like then, my, when there was a, a little point there where Mike Bloomberg um, showed some pictures of Trump playing golf where he was really fat, mm. and and he got, and that's when he went on that tweet storm, Mike Bloomberg. Yeah. Yeah. So it was appearance again. Yeah. Comes down to a, if, that's what if he you values. attack him on, dude. Clearly, you know what? Because yeah. he's a marketer. It's fucking image. Yeah, that's what really gets to him. If you, probably if you attack him on like you can't even. I'm better with women than you are. That would just that would probably destroy him. Although I mean, then the press would go against whoever said that. But yeah, but it would work. Really takes a sense of pride in like it create getting girls. I mean, he ran Miss Universe. He did all of that stuff. That yeah, is a they big all thing think for him. you're gross. That would he- that that would hurt him. You're right. You're right. Like yeah, just to psychologically get under his skin. But also the other thing is, I think that he also would have gotten, and you can see it in Donald Trump as well. He has become because he is in that world. He is a lot more grey than he was in 2016. I think that it's it's just obvious, just by the fact that he's just constantly surrounded by a bunch of PhD eggheads from everything from agriculture to defence. They're always in his ear talking to him. He has become more intelligent and worldly, and he doesn't have the same flair that he used to have because he's just become part of that world. It's sure, like who you're but, surrounded by. But so, I, I mean, and also, he's getting that all the time, like globally. The, yeah. the curse yeah, of being but, the most famous person on earth is that everyone's tooling you all the time. Yeah, but he'd still be—he's still like miles above well, Joe Biden. What do you mean? At the bar, at the with the charisma, yeah, yeah with absolutely. all that sort of stuff. Absolutely, like, this, that's not going to go yeah, away. Like, but no, like, <laughs> what I'm saying no is, like, the, yeah, but the, like the ego defense 
that he has uh-huh. would be a lot stronger than it was when he was in 2016. Just, I think it's just a thing of just Maybe, being like yeah. hazed daily on a global scale. It, like after a while, you would have, you would just build a callus. It's like the same thing with That's like muscle point. and everything else. Like, you, yeah. like he, he probably actually isn't that. They've ironically it probably enough, still the, gets to him, but the, the press has actually made him stronger because he's just heard everything now. Don't you think, like, don't you think that, like, when you got insulted, yeah, like, even the things that oh, you're, well, like, insulted by, don't you think you're just, like, nowhere near as insulted as you were before? After a while, eventually, yeah, you do. Be- you yeah. thick skin. That's very true. But I think the other thing, though, is that, like, you should just be aiming. should just be aiming to not have... You should be constantly aiming not have for weak ego points. destruction. That's true, but I still think... I don't think it's weak points. Like It's it's not like putting armor over those weak points. It's kind of just like dissipating them because I think they're wounds, dude. Yeah, they're like, look, that's the ideal world, but I think I still think everyone, because as, as long as you're valuing something, uh, if, if you have... If you place a sense of identity in whatever it is you place in, because everyone places a sense of identity in something, when that is being attacked you will, well, you'll get into fight or flight. Mm. But I don't think it's, I mean... It, some people have bigger egos and some people have smaller yes, egos. Yes, that's true, that's true. And you could maybe, if you were to value nonviolence and uh, um, yeah, dissipating conflict, if you, if you valued things like that, that would be a situation where nothing would get to you because you've, you value... Nothing actually getting to you, if that makes sense. No, it's just like you, if you, you feel it in a different way as opposed to just being like, oh, fucking kill you. Just be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like, that's the way that you if would you like out like, it. If you were like, hey, you are insulted by what I said, then then you'd get offended. No, I value not being insulted. Then, yeah, something like that. But no, even then, but, there's like if you're, if you're just saying like, I, I value not getting insulted. That's the height of my value. Yeah. You're still building an ego on that. Still building an identity. Yeah. I'm the guy that's not insulted. Yeah, but then you would. But so I like maybe it's when you're just like you're insulted. You're yeah, yeah, insulted you're triggered. Now. You're triggered. Yeah, that. And then they'd be like, but hang dude, on, like... I don't, I don't get insulted. So, so yeah. there's always something. Because it's like, yeah, like, there's always that... something. Everyone has something. Yeah, but you can make the wound smaller and and yes. less blunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Without I'm sorry, doubt, blunter, yeah. blunter. Not as acute when it gets hit. Absolutely. And then, like, I think that it's it's a good thing to have for the rest of your life anyway because when you do have an ego surrounded by something, first off, like, if that gets attacked, that can do you for days. Like, man, I've been in, like, comment wars with people for days. For days yeah, of my life. I haven't gotten to the point where it's been days, but there are uh, long-winded arguments I have previously gotten into. Yeah, even like even if it's like a few hours, those are a few hours that if you didn't have that and like it was able to like drain your emotions, yeah. you could have focused on something better yeah. for your life. Yeah, that are wasted, like completely wasted. Hmm. And yeah, that's that's a huge thing in me is just like a. The other thing I think is just that like I like arguing. That's another thing, but. Yeah, like, like if someone just gets it in the right way of just being like, you're lying, you are dishonest, you are misleading, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that 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 like wipes out ages, but now it's like less. So, but yeah, you're right. Like if you're if you're able to just 
identify how you identify yourself. And maybe, you know what it should be? Maybe just like a practice of like disassociating from it. Yeah. So instead of saying like, I'm a comedian, which like in this day and age isn't even true. Like you might do stand-up shows, that's true, but you're also doing this podcast. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? Like a creator, whatever you want to call it. But see, that's it's like the same thing. Like if you could, well, like the whole thing that they're always trying to teach, like you Wayne dies and you and you're Buddhist of the world. They're always just trying to say like I'm nothing. Like at the end of the day, I'm fucking nothing. I'm just a transient. Yeah. Like what what really is a fact is like I guess I'm a human being, but like you know that's not even true because like I'm going to oh. be dead one day and then I'm just going to like dissipate into nothing very, but atoms. It's very counterintuitive to what we just spoke about on the on the previous podcast, which was uh, the need for self esteem and affirmations. So if you're telling yourself I am nothing, that um. This is the whole. This is the whole divide in self-help is like your Eastern and your Western perspectives. And I think that like, it's just a thing of like being able to go in and out of them for, this is the whole thing when people are always just saying that like, you know, there's contradictions in self-help. Yes, there is. But it's just a whole thing of like life in general is a massive contradiction. There's always going to be things in life that just come at you and you will respond in a different way and, like, it will require a different response. And that is just how nature, like, the ebbs and flows of, like, the environment work around you. Yeah. So you, you just kind of have to accept that and remind yourself of those daily points that, like, yeah, you should be saying, I'm good enough before you go into a social situation. But, like, in general, you should also, like, just, just like, have that daily meditative practice that they have of just, like, you know, imagining... A classic Buddhist one is just imagining yourself dead for, like, you know, five minutes a day. First of all, it just makes it easier. Like, you get less scared of dying because you've just practiced it over and over again. And it's inevitable. It's going to happen. But on top of that, it starts dissipating your ego because mm. you're just, like, yeah, well, it's just, you're dust at some point, right? So, like, I think it's, like, if you want to get rid of your ego... You, you realize like it's it's what do you identify to and yeah this there's a smart strategy of just saying like yeah you you move your identity to things that serve you better that's true that would also work but if you just try to fucking minimize your identity as much as possible just constantly chipping away at it i think you'd probably be in a better place in the long run mm. anyway that's my theory no that's good i like that all right well there you go thank you use use that information as you will use it for Good. I know. We just gave you the smorgasbord. It was just like, do you want the evil option, sir? Yeah. Well, see how we go. The, the next, oh, the next Hitler of the twenty first century will be like, I was listening to a podcast by Neil and Jordan, and I, damn, I figured out what I needed to do. Could you imagine? Sorry, world. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys.